Welcome to the Elevate podcast. My name is Sarah Hopkins. And I'm Amanda Noga, and these are conversations to elevate your health, relationships, and soul. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Elevate podcast. So Amanda and I actually to and froed a little bit about this episode, and I think the reason was probably You thought more, it was boring. I thought it was boring. <laughs> Okay, let's cut straight to the point. Amanda, well, at the time, Amanda was calling it scheduling, which will come into this, but really it's about work-life balance. And I suppose work-life balance has been a buzzword or a buzz phrase for a good, I would say, five years now. And, and particularly for women, because obviously this isn't something that men really have to worry about for some reason, and maybe we can dive deeply into that. But I think that it's such a huge topic and it's something that it seems certainly from my perspective most women are struggling with how to juggle everything in their lives and so after a little bit of coercing and convincing I was finally on board to actually chat about it but do you want to explain Mandy a little bit more about why it felt like a really important topic. I feel like schedules is something that has been imposed on us and that stresses everyone out where it's actually something that should be able to support us and actually help us out on a day-to-day level. So having a quote-unquote work-life balance, I don't know if there is such a thing as a balance. I think it's, you know, ever-evolving, ever-changing the priorities, you know, Yeah, they alternate. So I don't know if there's such a thing as a work-life balance that we can achieve, but it seems to be something that everyone struggles with and everyone is striving for. So when I first had my yoga studio, I think this was probably the main time where I had to really manage my schedule in a big way because I was super busy and, you know, lots of different hats on and probably the closest I've come to actually having a normal life (laughs) that most people have to deal with all the time with yeah managing work managing home etc etc so when I had the studio I was thinking what is the optimal way that I can create a schedule that is going to support me and of course um, being a little bit woo woo I wanted to align it to the seasons and the cycles of nature and the moon and the planets and the whole thing. So I'll talk about that later. But that was how I kind of laid out a schedule that worked for me and that was sustainable. And I think that's the most important factor, the sustainability factor. So I know lots of people ask me as well about you, Sarah, and your schedule and how you juggle being a mum working working from home which is also another whole game in itself managing your own work life in that way and being kind of autonomous but also responsible for two and for lots of people um so yeah there's lots to lots to chat about and yeah i suppose as we started to evolve this topic and i started to think about whether or not I thought that it was relevant to talk about I did realize that and and it's come up in we sort of quizzed some people on Instagram and it came up as a big topic that everyone is interested in in I I did start to think that is something that a lot of people also ask me like how 
how I balance. (laughs) It's definitely not having it all, that's for sure. But how how do I balance all of those things? Because as a lot of women would know that are listening to this, once you add a small dependent child to the scenario, then things get even more complicated and even more demanding. And I think, you know, maybe this is something that we again will expand on down the track, but we have this sort of we have created this sort of glorification of busy. Oh. So we're just we're all of us are so busy and that is held up as the best thing possible for us and yeah because that's also about self-worth and thinking that we are constantly needed yes and feeling um yeah validated by that busyness yeah definitely so i suppose i think people should practice cutting the word busy out of their auto response 100 percent. when someone asks you how you are oh i'm really busy I think that let's just have a little experiment of getting rid of that word for a while. Definitely. But if I think about this sort of work-life balance or balancing or or finding some sense of balance, you know, and I think about it in, in the context of what I'm doing with my clients and also in the context of my own life, you know, my my one of the biggest issues that most of my clients have is finding the time to be healthy because Mm. they've got so many other balls in the air. Mm -hmm. So again, back to what you were saying about the glorification of the busy, you know, and the truth is I think most of us are actually just like dropping balls all the time because we are just looking around at everyone else and thinking that everyone else is juggling them really easily when actually everyone is dropping all of the balls because life is demanding way too much of us that's why i think the balance is kind of bullshit because yeah it's just about prioritizing and there's no denying the fact that if you want to live a healthy lifestyle you have to be organized and it has to be a priority for you it's not just gonna happen and slot into your over committed schedule like it has to be you have to carve out some time to actually you know do the things that are going to support you so whether that's prepping food or having a meditation or a yoga practice or any of the things that might um kind of go in your health bucket then they need to be they need to have some dedicated time yeah they need to be prioritized so should we slip into what we do yeah why don't you talk us through yours okay well how do you find balance amanda um is it living in bali (laughs) no and i'm actually it's actually funny like what i've noticed about living for months at a time in bali and india and you know random places isolated kind of remote places around the world it's really interesting to see that you can make yourself busy anywhere and you can easily especially in bali where there is endless events to go to and people to catch up with and you know things to do it's it's so easy even in india i noticed like at an ashram setting you can make yourself busy and stress yourself out with all the things to do so it's not about the place it's about um i guess more of a mindset shift so the first thing that i think is really important when you're looking at let's just say like a yearly schedule to zoom out on a big kind of time frame. The first thing to do is carve out white 
space breaks. This is like one of the top things that all super successful entrepreneurs and CEOs do is they block in their non-negotiable holiday time or break time. And that is, yeah, something that is prioritized. And is that, how do you do that? What is it that you're doing to carve that out? Well, I kind of zoom in even because my year is so, so, so weird. I'm like traveling and I kind of, for the last maybe four years have been kind of on a tour that's pretty consistent throughout the year. So I'm usually in Australia for the summer over the Flow Festival months, which is like November, December, January. And then I usually come to Bali and there's the festival season here and I'm teaching on teacher trainings. Then I usually do like a Europe or US stint, like a little tour through the European or US summer and then come back down to India and then back to Australia. But anyway, that's my yearly flow. And I know within that there's lots of times where I have white space and have breaks. But on a kind of smaller time frame, let's think about a month-to-month basis. And this is, I think, the best way to schedule, especially for women, according to your cycle. So if you haven't listened to, I think it was like episode one, maybe, mm. in season one. It was in season one, maybe episode two or three. I All think. about periods. If you're not tracking your period already, start. And this is the way that you can create a sustainable schedule for yourself and understand where your energy is peaking and, um, you know, kind of bottoming out and where the times in the month where you want to be out in the world doing more, which is around your like ovulation time, or you could say your summer season, inner summer, versus when you're in the menstruation week or the winter week, where you want to be doing way less, having way less on your plate and um, kind of riding that wave of ebb and flow of your own personal energy levels and hormonal levels. So that's one thing to kind of map out the month. And I always try to, you know, as as a concrete example, if I have to do like any interviews or meetings or pictures or photo shoots or anything like that that's more outward and I have to be kind of on that is definitely going in my summer or spring week so in the post bleed and where possible yeah I mean I'm pretty strict about it obviously things like you know changes some things you can't control but I really really try and stick to that because I just know things work out way better um so yeah that's kind of an example whereas like on the autumn week that's where I do like my editing get into the nitty-gritty of my like business accounting stuff you know all of the kind of like fine-tuning kind of boring stuff but when you're in that autumn week the mind is actually autumn is premenstrual yes Yes, right just to clarify yeah so in the premenstrual week it's actually interesting if you think about it usually that's where the inner critic comes to the forefront and we feel maybe yeah more judgmental of other people of ourselves but that energy can be put to good use when you're looking at yeah your business what needs to go what needs to stay when I'm doing writing projects that's like when I typically do all my editing or you know it might be like a life edit (laughs) or you might you know look at your workload or your social load even like all your social commitments go actually that needs to go I need to cancel that Mm. and to honor the reality of where your energy's at so that's kind of one layer of the equation but then there's also the days of the week and how they align to the planets so (laughs) 
Sarah's rolling her eyes at me. (laughs) But seriously, once I started doing this, and I did it when I had the studio, and I had, you know, a very regular week-to-week lifestyle, once I started aligning with the planets, I had so much more ease and harmony and flow with everything that I was doing. It was undeniable. So I have to say, just have to give it a try. I know it sounds way out there. But can you talk us through it so that we can understand? Okay. So Sunday is ruled by the sun. Sunday. Sun energy is all about, again, being out in the world, being in community, celebrating, communicating, and just basically enjoying life. So this is what you're supposed to do on Sunday. enjoy all of that reap the benefits of your week and just kind of yeah be out in the world soaking up the sunshine so to speak whereas monday which in our western culture is usually the first day of the working week interesting to note in i think it's in like uh most muslim countries that i've been to their work week actually starts on tuesday so their weekend is sunday monday Hmm. anyway in the West, as we all know, it's usually the start of the working week. However, Monday is associated with the moon. Mm, Mon, so. moon. Yeah, thought so. So it's pretty easy when you actually look at this stuff. And moon energy is more internal. It's more reflective. So even if you are working in a normal corporate setting, this would be the week to, or the day to prioritize doing things that are more admin. internal. Yeah, more admin more creative if that's part of what you do. Um, less out there, less face-to-face. Exactly. And then Tuesday we go into Mars. Mars is all about, no, sorry, Mercury. So Mercury is all about communication. So this is like a prime emails day, catch up with everything that you need to catch up with communication wise i don't know if i'll go through the whole week but i think yeah. it is a good start sunday monday do you have a resource that you can attach into the yes, show notes I will. Yes. yes i'll save it as my recommendation okay perfect no that sounds amazing do you have anything else that you do that you want to add well i think another like key day is friday which is connected to the uh, planet venus which is all about love beauty um enjoyment sensuality all that sort of thing so it's like date night or you know in a work sense it's like maybe go i like to go like uh specifically go out on fridays to to work and i'll like i kind of think of it i got this idea from a really amazing book called the artist's way is it Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way? I'm pretty sure that's it. We'll link in the show notes. Um, one of the things she has in there is the artist date, like taking yourself on a date. But now I kind of think of it as taking my biz on a date mm-hmm. and go out in the world, put some, you know, make a little bit of effort with your outfit or whatever makes you feel like cared for and beautiful in that way or whatever. So I think that's a good start. Yeah, that's what an do you do? Start. Yeah. I know. I've been thinking about this as you're talking and obviously um, ever since you said that a lot of your followers were interested in how I balance it all. And I, like I said, I've had a lot of other mums say to me, how the heck do you do all of the things that you do? And I don't really know how I manage to balance all of the things. But I suppose, firstly, in a way I do 
well, I don't know what Wednesday and Thursday and Saturday are, but I feel intuitively like some of those days and those um, analogies are actually similar to how I structure my work week because I don't work on a Monday and I typically try and do admin and then I see humans. I see all of mm. my clients on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Saturday, which I do want to drop eventually. And Friday is with my son and maybe a catch up with a friend in the afternoon or something a bit festive. And um, Sorry, Friday, I said. Yeah. And Sunday is also that, that family time. Um, but I suppose for me, I am fairly – and again, this – it would be helpful if you haven't listened to our season one of the podcast to go back and listen to rituals because I think this topic ties into that and um, it'll complement each other. But, you know, I'm fairly non-negotiable about the things that I need to look after myself despite the obligations that I have now that I'm a mum. Mm-hmm. So I need to exercise and I'm going to be a better mum if I exercise. So, you know, I need to do whatever it takes to do that, whether it's dropping Raph to daycare a little bit earlier or lapping my house and high-fiving him at the window after every lap and he's sitting in front of the TV, which is a self-care practice that I do for myself, you know, because I hear, for instance, that lots of mums, they drop their exercise because they just can't do it. And so, you know, for me, it's about making that work if that makes a priority again it's a priority and I suppose in a way I feel fortunate that I do run my own business so in terms of how I sort of manage the hours I get to be the architect of those hours and I now create those hours around my son's childcare. so I know that that isn't always the case for other people and Mm -hmm. I feel like for those people it is harder you know there's Mm -hmm. actually no way around that I think about women that have to go to work five days a week and work you know nine to five and you know or eight till six yeah or eight till six the limitations put the limitations are there for sure um what I think is something something I think everyone can uh tap into even if you don't necessarily have control over your work day is knowing the flow of the doshas throughout the flow of a 24-hour day. Is that interesting? Yeah, I think so. So the beginning part of the day from sunrise until 10 a.m. is kapha time. So this is super... The energy of kapha, which, again, anyone can tap into and cultivate for more harmony, more flow, more ease, is having some nice structure and routine so again that's why we love having the rituals in the morning and having that kind of very pragmatic start to the day that's super grounding and kind of sets the tone for or sets the foundation for all of the things that are going to support us through the day like for you doing your exercise or meditation in the morning um but then from 10 a.m until 2 we go into pitta time So this is peak doing time, really being like following that flow of pitta energy, which is super motivated, focused, disciplined, and can get shit done. Versus then we go into the afternoon, 2 till sunset, 2 p.m. till sunset is powered by vata. So 
what we can see, what we can tap into there and cultivate is more of a like blue sky thinking mode, more creative, more kind of inspired or insightful uh, energy. But we can also see the tendency for us to get overwhelmed, scattered and anxious at that time if we're not aware of what's going on. Um, so yeah, whether you work in a corporate setting or you know in a workplace where you don't necessarily control your hours or um, the environment that you work in, having an understanding of that through the day, I think, can help in knowing like what time is kind of best to place each thing. I feel like actually my schedule is sort of quite supportive of that, as I've said. So that's all just lucky or intuitive or something because I didn't really understand those schedules. Actually, Paul Check sort of alludes to those when he talks about sleep hygiene. So I think mm. those um, those ways of integrating have are part of more holistic perspectives and practices so I think the check my check education has helped me to structure my day like that anyway um I think also just bringing a mum's sort of perspective into this you know I'm very organized and like you spoke to at the beginning in terms of you know prioritization you know I I run a pretty tight ship and it's because that's what I need to do for my sanity and so that means that you know I'm doing a little tiny bit of vacuuming every single day because I choose to clean if if you have the capacity or the money then maybe offloading some of those things that are just another burden on you to a cleaner is a good idea like working out you know how you're going to manage the time because what I don't ever want to feel is overwhelmed and so I, what I'm constantly doing is putting practices into place to help me feel, I don't want to say in control because that has, can have a bit of a sort of negative connotation to it, but just to allow some ease and grace and allow me to feel like I'm flowing rather than I'm fighting and struggling you know I have a Dyson V8 it's the best $1,000 I've ever spent actually my dad bought it for me yeah it's the world's best vacuum and I literally vacuum a little bit of the house every day sometimes all of it and it takes me no time you know I've got these little things in place that I just do every single day that mean that nothing is piling up nothing is getting overwhelmed and in terms of um the, the open space that you alluded to I literally so I was that person before I had RAF that would say yes to everyone and everything I had something on every single night of the week and every single night of the weekend and maybe like three different catch-ups on a Saturday and a Sunday I was jammed and I was fatigued like adrenally fatigued and over the course of my health evolution and probably even more so since having RAF, I just, I've actually flipped that on its head and I'm mostly a no. Like I'm mostly a no. Certainly, you know, Sunday through Friday, I'm basically a no. Like I'm, I'm doing my work. I'm, I'm looking after my son. I'm preparing his food for daycare the next day doing some laundry and that's it that's it that's all that I have space for to maintain my sanity and then so catch-ups are on a weekend 
and they're really limited to maybe two per weekend max. And that is quite extreme. I know a lot of people that would have a lot more going on and they might be the people that are saying, how do you get it all done, Sarah? Well, I am choosing to actually not... I guess I've got really strong boundaries in place Mm. and that's for my own well-being. And I haven't noticed that much of a difference in terms of my social needs my you know did you ever feel like you're a uh, people pleaser i'm having to say one million percent i'm still a people pleaser you know 100 percent. and i think um we have never talked about human design before and we've only just both of us started to learn a little bit about it so maybe we'll just put a link if anyone's interested um because we won't go into it in depth but my human design is a manifester and i think that's the achilles heel of the manifester is people pleasing so yes and i suppose so that's been a practice of learning because what i I guess the biggest practice for that one was i would say yes to something and then i would it would get to the date especially sunday through friday and it would be like an event that i said i'd go to on a tuesday night and i would get to tuesday and be like i don't want to go to this event i just want me 99 percent of the time it is it is me a lot more now i've i've definitely become more introverted but i think i think that you know to bring it back to what we're talking about you you can't say yes to everything and have balance or any semblance of balance it's not balanced to say yes to everything in you know in its essence you have to there has to be a balance of yes and no right so at this point we should probably shuffle into shortfalls i feel like we've sort of covered a lot of the shortfalls just now but really i suppose it reminds me of our conversation that we had that will be released soon about alcohol which is that it's socially unacceptable to say no well we have to just nip that in the bud really and um yeah, this whole thing of people-pleasing and saying yes to too many things, over-committing, I think that's when, like I was talking about a little while ago, is having this life audit week where you look ahead and be realistic about what your energy capacity is and what you've committed to already. And it's much better to cancel like two weeks prior to the thing and say, look, I'm sorry, I said yes initially, but I really don't think that's going to work. Two weeks prior... Or, you know, reschedule for a more appropriate time rather than getting to the day, realizing that you're totally overwhelmed, your cup's empty and you have no capacity to go to that event or catch up with that person or do that meeting or whatever the thing is. Or even to have the awareness, which I now do, to go, I am saying no on a Tuesday night because I know that you know after my weekend I'm pretty tapped out and that Tuesday is too close to the weekend and I'm not going to be up for that you know and that I guess that comes well, it's with not practice. a priority on that day your priority on that day is like getting into your work week and yeah getting into that flow changing gears a little bit from the social time on the weekend exactly so any other shortfalls that you can think of I think I think the biggest shortfall is basically the like we've said that sort of glamorization of the busyness and that and also I think it's a gender thing obviously most of the women Mm. most of the people that listen to this podcast are women we are we are doing infinitely more than our male counterparts 
on every level, you know. Especially if you're a mum. Yeah, as especially as a mum. Like, we're doing, like, they call it the emotional labour, mm. you know. We're the one that's responsible for all of the bits and bobs associated. Mostly, obviously, there are exceptions to this rule, but we're the ones that are the the ones that have to think about. I mean, yeah, like, I pack Rafa's lunch. I know exactly what clothes need to be put in his bag. I do all of the accounts for the family I know who to speak to I enroll him in the school I research the school I know all of the kindy people you know it's all that emotional labor is so overwhelming and then there are whatever that's a full-time job in itself yeah and then there are the responsibilities that also fall on most people and especially on mums and particularly on mums that are working so I think that's the biggest shortfall is that there is actually a, a cultural acceptance mm-hmm. of something that is just too much for women. And actually, just quietly, I think that men don't actually have a freaking clue about how good they have it because literally they just wake up in the morning, <laughs> dress in their work clothes, drive to work, come home, and that's it. <laughs> so, you know, I think perhaps there will be a social movement around or slowly over time with an awareness mm. building around this as a concept because I think even that emotional labor term has only been coined in the last couple of years yeah. and there was an article like about co-parenting. that and co-parenting and things so perhaps over time that will change but I think part of the way to help that to mitigate the stress of that is to put all of these practices in place so that we do feel like we have more wide open space and we mm. do have the capacity to deal with all of the balls that we inevitably have to catch and juggle. I think another good thing to say if you don't if you feel nervous about just saying a flat no to whatever invitation is coming up then I think another good thing to say is I'll let you know. And then really, you know, look at your week, look at your month and make an informed decision about, you know, where your energy is at, how overloaded your schedule is, rather than just saying yes, yes to everything or being in that kind of maybe socially awkward moment of saying just no. Yeah, You can always say, I'll let you know, like, can I get back to you? And it's not about being non-committal. It's about being committed to your own energy well-being definitely definitely so let's let's slide into recommendations okay i'm just going to recommend a blog post that i did which lays out all of those days of the week really clearly so if you're interested in that and i also talk a little bit about the moons as well and how to align your schedule with your cycle um, your menstrual cycle so i'll link that in the show notes and yeah, that's. I don't really use any apps or anything for scheduling. I'm going to recommend uh, an article by a lady called Gemma Hartley, and we've referred to her already in this episode. So she was the one that sort of coined the term emotional labor. She's actually written a book about this, and she wrote an article for Harper's Bazaar, which went viral, and the title is Women Aren't Nags, We're Just Fed Up. So I'm going to recommend that because I think that's a good starting point and has sort of catapulted this phenomenon into the mainstream. And I think that that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Elevate. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. For any further updates with me, you can come along and follow me at Instagram. I'm at at shopkinshealth.com. 
And if you'd like to stay tuned with me throughout the week, I'm at yoga underscore alchemy on Instagram. And what we would love right now is if you can hit subscribe, leave us some stars, leave us a few words, any questions or feedback we love to read. So keep it coming and have an amazing day.